Hello, and welcome to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, aka Nomad Neeks, and this podcast is the place to be if you are looking to start creating a lifestyle that you love. From business, entrepreneurship, travel, starting and sustaining a digital nomad lifestyle, and of course, making money online and investing, we talk about all of it here. So let's dive into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. And this episode is special because this is my 100th episode on the show, which is crazy. When I started this, I never thought that I would get to 100 episodes. I started this, I remember, in China, this podcast, and I was sitting at my partner, his house at their table, and I was just like, I can start a podcast. And it initially started as a business podcast because I was kind of doing coaching at the time. And now it has turned into this, which I'm so, so passionate about. I absolutely love talking about nomad life, online work, entrepreneurship, all the things that we talk about here. So today, because this is our Digital Nomad Digest segment, Cami is with us and she's going to be asking me some questions about things that I have learned throughout my journey as a digital nomad and expat. It's been six years since I lived in my home country of Canada. That's not right. I don't really know how to word it. You know, it's like, it's not really my home country, but it's where I was born. So I always struggle with this. I don't know what the proper wording is because I don't really identify with Canada that much anymore. But anyways, you know what I mean, whatever the wording for that is. So she's going to ask me some questions. I have no idea what these questions are. I don't know if she has any idea what these questions are, (laughs) but we're going to roll with it and see what happens and see what advice comes out of me. Cammie, take it away. Oh my God. I'm so excited for this episode. I'm so excited to, I don't know, it's like an honor, you know, to be here on your 100th episode and I just thought that we could focus on celebrating, but at the same time, you know, talking about the things that you learned and reminiscing. I think that's a good word, you know, like reminiscing, reminiscing, I don't know, the actual reminiscing, reminiscing on your six years of nomading around and things like that. So I think the first one that's coming to my head And so we can start in like a joyful and fun note is what is from the the past six years, what is your favorite memory that you have like the most fun and, you know, one day that you just like stopped and said like, oh my God, I love this life or I'm so grateful for this life or something like that. What is the most fun and joyful and your best memory that you have of the past six years? Oh my gosh, what a loaded question. What a great first question, but what a loaded question. It's interesting because when you said, you know, a moment when you stopped and thought, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for this life. I was like, I I can't think of one. There's so many moments and a lot of the time they're not big moments. I'll just be walking down the street in a country that I've never before lived in, been to. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, how is this my life? So That I think happens pretty often. And I try to remember that pretty often too, because not take this life for granted. I think for me, and again, there are many, I can't choose one. I think if I asked you, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't choose just one. But one thing that really stands out to me is because it was scary as well. It wasn't just, oh my gosh, this is an amazing moment. It was like, I'm fucking scared. And this is awesome moment was in 2017 at the kind of at the beginning of this whole journey, when I landed in Shenzhen, China. And I remember I arrived late at night. They took me to this hotel that they put me in for one week, My the company that I was working for. And it was disgusting. Cockroaches everywhere. And being from Canada, you know, I had never seen a cockroach in my life, let alone like a real cockroach that can fly. Like we we have like, you know, the small ones in Canada, but not a flying one. You're laughing because I'm sure you have them. It's hot in Brazil. Um, but we it doesn't get hot enough in Canada. Like we don't have those huge ones. And so I had never seen that in my life. I was 23 years old. And I remember just getting off the plane. I actually had a layover in Beijing and One thing I'll always remember, my partner speaks Chinese, so I tell this to him. And I was just like, what the fuck did I do? 
I was in my layover from Toronto to Beijing direct. And I was in the airport waiting for my next flight in Beijing. And I heard the overhead speaker. And of course, it was in Chinese. It was in Mandarin. And I just, and it was such a foreign language to me. They were saying just the numbers. And, and now I understand. And I don't think it would be funny to me. But because it's a tonal language, I remember hearing on the overhead, like, e r san shi. And I, I was just like, what are they saying? Like, are these people's names? Like, what are they saying? And it was just such a surreal moment for me because I had no idea what was happening. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I, I remember trying to hold in laughter because everyone walking around me was just Chinese and they were, it, it was just normal. You know, it's just saying like one, two, three, four. It's not something funny. And I was like, what the hell did I do? So that kind of stands out to me as like a moment where I was like, I feel really grateful that I trusted myself to take this opportunity. But at the same time, I was just like, what the hell did I do? And then, you know, I get to Shenzhen later that night and they put me in this really gross hotel. Like there was like air conditioning mold coming down the walls. And it was, you know, the bathroom was like in the room just with a glass door. Like it was not good. There's cockroaches near the sink. And I was just like, oh my gosh, what did I do? And I had to live there for one week until they kind of found me like a placement and then I had to find an apartment and it was not good. Like it was not just one night and I was super jet lagged, sleeping a lot in there. But yeah, that kind of like stands out to me as a like, oh my gosh, what did I do? But also so grateful for the change I made. And I think, you know, if anyone's listening and you're like, it might be scary to make a change. Like it was really scary for me to at 23 years old, move to China and stay in like a cockroach infested. Um, it was it was actually a sex hotel is what it was. Uh, I later found out <laughs> um, it wasn't like super, super obvious, but it was because it had like the nightly pricing and, and they put and it was cheap. You know, it was like, I don't know, 20 bucks a night or something. Um, and so they put all of us in there. We were all teachers. And so we had a community of teachers in there. <laughs> like, it was a different kind of hotel, which we later found out once we were in China for a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of stands out to me for that type of memory. Good memory. I'm laughing so hard because <laughs> I'm in mute, but oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah, the cockroach thing. I can't imagine how for you it was like, because I think it's the first change of, you know, scenery of culture, of language. It's like such a big change that it's something that really impacts us. And I have gone through like similar things as well in which I kind of like finally, you know, move to another country. Like, I think that happened to in most countries that I moved to. And I was like the first night in my apartment, like even in this one that I'm here in Paris for, I don't know how long, maybe one or two months. I got here yesterday and I kept like noticing all of the little things that I would do differently in this apartment or that I would fix if it was mine or something like that. Um, but at the same time, like I sat on this chair that's really close to the window and this like warm sun was coming in and I closed my eyes and I was like, I'm so grateful that I'm here. I'm so grateful that I me, myself, I did this, like, I am paying for this place, I looked for this place, like, I reached out to the person, I was the one who found this place, you know, I was the one who took my plane here, you know, I was the one who created this for me, and how, and, like, I'm living in Paris, you know, I, it's for one month, or two months, or I don't know how many months or I don't know I don't care but the fact is that right now in this present moment this is my life and this is what I'm doing and you know I'm supporting myself and I'm going after my dream so I think that is so such a special place to come back to because especially I think when you're the first night somewhere of course in your case wasn't the best at all but I think that once you are you get to a place and it's the first night like it is still a little bit weird you know it's not your place you're not used to it it's a new environment it's a new language you're not used to the streets you're not used to you know, anything, basically, but just the feeling that you can come back to, like, the background noise, quote-unquote, so, quote of, this is a decision that I'm creating, I'm, I'm making, and I'm creating this life by with my own hands. I think that's, like, a really special feeling to have, and I really resonate with that as well. However, in saying that, in saying all of the beautiful things that we, you know, have, and the, this feeling as a nomad, 
I really wondered if there was at at any point in this past six years, if you either regretted your decision in a way or you thought to yourself, this is too much, I want to quit or I want to stop traveling or I just want to pause all of this. Um, and why? Like if there was, a, if you did regret it, why? And if you didn't regret it, then why as well? I guess I know I've told you this before and it was really the only time that I was like, I don't want to travel anymore, but it was not in these six years. So I'll just kind of say it really quickly, but I don't know within the last six years, if there was ever a time where I was like, I'm done. But I do think before I go into that one time where I was kind of like, I don't want to travel anymore. I just want to stay in Canada. I do think that there have always been here and there, of course, and I think it's very no normal in the nomad life, some difficult times where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so frustrated. I don't know the language. My A big thing for me is like a lot of the Airbnbs we stay at don't have blenders and I really love morning smoothies. Yeah, it's just kind of like those small things where I'm like, oh, this is so annoying. And sometimes like I have those days or half days and you know, that happens to everyone. And I'm just like, I hate everything but I also do you know I'm on my computer a lot and I'm working a lot so sometimes I just know I have to step away and so I don't think there was ever really a concrete time in the last six years but there was a time when in university I studied abroad how old was I maybe 19 so this was only like a few years before I moved to China but I went I was supposed to go for one year to Ljubljana Slovenia the capital of Slovenia and this was like 2015 so I know tourism in Slovenia is definitely more popular now and like bled, but at this time, like nobody knew what Slovenia was. They're like, oh, like Czechoslovakia. Like nobody knew what that was when I was telling people like, I'm going to Slovenia. It's like, it's beside Italy, but nobody, nobody knew that. That experience, because I was in university, I went, I actually only stayed for like four or five months and then I flew home early and I was supposed to stay for two terms. I stayed for one and I remember flying home early and being like, I never want to travel abroad again. I never want to leave Canada. I never want to leave my home country. And it wasn't that I had a bad experience in Slovenia. It was just that I, I think what it was, was at the time I had such a good community and I, I had a house. I lived with seven girls in university and then one guy lived in our garage. It was like renovated, but there was like eight of us in this tiny house. And we were all such close friends that I think I missed that. And that was why I left early because I didn't have that really close community of best friends, so many best friends in Slovenia. And I was just like, I miss them. I want to go back. And so I left early. And then I do remember being like, nope, I want to work the corporate job. I want to have the corporate life and went back a few years later, ended up leaving again because I got that life. And I was like, this is not what it seems, you know, it's not like it was in university when you're living with a bunch of your girlfriends. Um, so I think that was the only time probably in my life when I thought that throughout my six years of being an expat in China and then living nomadically, there has never been a time where I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, there are inconveniences, I guess I'll call it. I mean, you know, the nice thing about this life is that you can live however you want. Like if I wanted to live in the, the country, I guess that would be like Paraguay, really, where I can stay for an entire year because I can't do that in Canada. Um, if I wanted to like live in the place where I was like, this is kind of my home, I could do that. I could do that for six months. I could do that for one year. I could do that for three months. It doesn't really matter. So there is no one set way to live the nomad lifestyle. And I think I know we've talked about this before and I talk about this a lot on Instagram. You can see people traveling and then be very like, oh, you have to be a nomad and moving around all the time or doing this and that. But there's no one right way to be nomadic. And I know you know this after living in Greece for a year and then going to Brazil and traveling and long term and short term. And I think you really just kind of figure out what works best for you and your style. And yeah, it's, it's, it's always a journey, always learning and growing. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And now that you mentioned learning and growing, <laughs> can you share with us some of the main things that you learned about, let's start with about yourself in this journey. So what were the, some of the main things or the main, you can just focus on one as well, the main thing that you learned about your own self as a human in the past six years of traveling? There's a lot, I will say, but the one thing that really stands out to me is what I call in my channels lifestyle design. 
it can have many other words but for me I realized because I was living in China I left Canada to not kind of have that nine to five life I moved to China and then basically had that same life just I was doing it in a different country I was still working for someone else I was going into the office five days a week and then you go for drinks with your friends after and then you're tired the next day and like same corporate life as anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter the country. And then COVID really gave me the time freedom to think about like, am I actually doing what I want? And I had never put the two pieces together before that what I was doing in Canada was the same shit as what I was doing in China. So COVID, I'm I'm very grateful to that because it let me kind of critically think about what I was doing and what I actually wanted and the direction my life was going in. So I think for me throughout my six-year journey and kind of in the very middle, like the three-year mark of this journey, I realized what I was doing was not what I was really aligned with. And I could continue doing it and just hate my life five days a week and essentially wish my life away because that's what I was doing. And that is what, you know, unfortunately a lot of people do. I was wishing eight hours per day away and then I would go home and I'd be like, oh, I have to do it all again tomorrow. And then I wish the night away, you know? So I think for me, one important thing I learned is lifestyle design. What do you want your life to look like? And almost always, it's not going to be easy to get there, but it's so much more worth it. And when you work for it, you feel so much more accomplished and like, oh my gosh, this is the life. If someone just handed it to you, well, you'd be like, okay, this is great, whatever. You know, when something, when someone buys something for you, it's great, but you didn't work for it. You're not truly excited and passionate and like oh my gosh I did this for myself like I look at my life every day and I'm so grateful for it so I think that was something that I I have been very grateful to realize throughout this journey and always keeping in mind you know it's never static as well it can always pivot what I want my lifestyle design to look like what it looks like now it may not look that way in one year what I love about this, because we've talked about this before, and the way that I call it is manifesting your authentic desires and then connecting to your authentic self and then making a decision and creating a life that is aligned with that space instead of with the life that someone else imagined for you or the life that you think that you should have to, you know, make other people validate you or love you in some way, not judge you. And I think that there are so many layers to why we choose to live in a way that we are leaving but I think that once you really come back to yourself and I think that traveling in a way does that a lot to us because the external changes so much that the only thing that stays the same is you and then you really have to go inside of yourself to kind of be like okay what who am I like what do I like what do I don't like what do I want to create more of my of in my life what I want to create less of in my life and then it kind of allows you to make that, you know, traveling inwards as well. So you can discover your authentic self and then, as you say it, your lifestyle and design your your lifestyle in the way that makes sense for you, not someone else. So, And I also really like to reinforce always that it's always connected to the present moment. So the 19 years old you wanted to create a lifestyle that looked like the corporate job and you know, staying with your roommates and everything. And then the 20 something you decided that that was not for you because you collected data in your life. You worked the corporate job and then you were like, oops, actually, no, this doesn't make sense for me anymore. And then you went and created something else for yourself. And I think that this is the key, you know, being present with yourself and being super aware of what you want and what you don't want. And then having the courage to follow through on that this on those decisions and create something different for yourself. And I think that, yeah, for me, I totally agree with you in that as well. And I know that, you know, I don't call myself an eternal nomad. I don't know if if anyone calls themselves an eternal nomad, but I don't call myself an eternal anything because I know that tomorrow I can make another decision and I don't want anyone to hold me against it. So I'm always telling everyone, this is my decision right now. Tomorrow I might change my thoughts and my decisions don't hold it against me you know that's who I am and yeah so I think that that is also really important to not create those labels on top of you so you can allow yourself to change as well I think that is super super important while we are talking about learnings so we've covered yourself first 
because I'm really curious about a lot of them. So the next thing that I would like to ask you is what are some of the main learnings that you had and lessons that you had in traveling, like the physical aspect of traveling? Because I think that that changes a lot after you take a plane once per month, you know, for years. So share some with us, please. Hey, hey, it's Nicole, your host. I wanted to pop into this episode super quickly to let you know if you have not already left a review on your favorite podcast platform, I would seriously appreciate it if you did. Leaving a review helps with the discoverability of the show. And if you want to support the show, that is the best way that you can do so. Thank you for leaving a review. I really do appreciate it. And let's hop back into the episode. Of course, there's many things I've learned and the learning lessons look different for everybody depending on your travel style and how you travel and whatnot. But adaptability is so important because, you know, I think I think a perfect example is last summer. So around this time last year, we were in the Balkan region of Europe. So we lived in Turkey for a while. We were there for about a year. We got our residency and all of that. And then we were like, oh, like we can travel and there's many countries near Turkey. So within a few months, I think it was even like some countries we, we did in less than a month, which is crazy now. But we did Turkey, Romania, Serbia, Bosnia, Montenegro and Albania, I think. And then after that, we were like, okay, we'll come back to this region another time. But it was like a lot of one region. So then we left. Adap being adaptable is so important because whether you're traveling really quickly or you're traveling slowly, you are likely going to be in a place where you don't speak the language. You don't know how to get a SIM card. You don't know how to find your destination. And for us, a lot of the time, we don't have Wi-Fi when we land. So we have to like load the map or get airport Wi-Fi or however that looks like to find where we're actually going. Maybe we can, when we actually landed in Argentina about like a month and a half ago, we were going to get an Uber and then Uber didn't work for both of our cards, which was really strange. We didn't have cash um, because we were going to exchange it for the blue dollar. So we didn't have any cash. We only had like a hundred dollar bill and we didn't have a bus card and there's no metro. So, well, there was no metro like to the airport. So we were just like, what are what, what are we going to do? And so I think being adaptable in those situations is really important. Thankfully, the bus driver just let us on for free. Otherwise, I don't know because you needed a bus card. They don't even take cash on the bus. So we really had no way of getting to where we wanted to go. So I think being adaptable and, and knowing that like things are going to be frustrating. Like for me, it can be very easy to get frustrated. I try to put it into perspective of like, this is just the lifestyle that I live and this happens. And if I lived a different lifestyle, different things would happen that would annoy me, but it wouldn't be these specific things. It would just be different things in that lifestyle. So for me, I just try to put into perspective that things, and it is easy. And like, sometimes I still do get annoyed, but you kind of just have to like take a step back from the situation and be like, is this really earth shattering? Is my whole world going to change because of this? Or is this just one inconvenience that's going to last a few minutes or a few hours and, you know, it'll, it'll be solved. And usually that's the case. So really kind of putting things into perspective and being adaptable, I think is a, is a really big one, especially when you travel as often as I do, because you can't expect to go to a country and know everything about the country. And that's the the nice thing about it too. I mean, that's the whole point of being a nomad is that you're going to discover a place. If you already knew everything about that place, then why would you be going? Right? So I think that that is a really important lesson I've learned. What about you? What's something that you have learned? I really love yours because I can see that very clearly also in my, because when you talk about like this little, you know, my inconvenience and the first thing that I think about <laughs> is packing <laughs> or you're gonna it's like luggage you know so either like packing is annoying or you try to pack everything into your only suitcase it doesn't work you have to get a new one and then you have to pay for a new one and then you spend money that you didn't really you know you, you didn't budget for before but then there you are spending i don't know how many euros on that bag or you get to the plane, you, you get to the airport and it's overweight. So you have to deal with that. I had once I was like <laughs> something similar to yours in the bus, but mine, I was getting in a boat and we really wanted to take like that, you know, boat ride and everything to another beach. We could go walking, but 
no, we wanted to go with a boat. And the guy only accepted in this island, it was in Greece, he only accepted cash. And But we were like, oh, we don't have cash. Can we please, I don't know, make a bank transfer? <laughs> I don't know. The guy allowed us to get in. And I was like super anxious throughout the boat ride because I was like, ah, oh, is this weird? Like I was really people pleaser, you know, feeling really weird. Eventually, like we we get to the to the other place. Everyone leaves the boat and then the guy stands there with me while I try to transfer him the money. And honestly, it took us like 15 minutes to be able to make a bank transfer the guy kept saying the wrong number for the like his account and i was like sweating the guy was sweating everyone was waiting like the next you know amount of people came in the boat everyone was waiting i could feel everyone looking at me and the guy was starting to get angry because we didn't have cash but i was like you were the one who allowed me in you know it was so uncomfortable but i had to really make myself like calm and grounded to the fact that I was in a beach in Greece in the middle of the week, just like, you know, going to swim and see caves and, caves and everything was fine. And I did have the money, you know, I just needed to make it work. And then eventually, like, I really calmed myself down. I tried to calm the guy down. And then, like, we repeated the, 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 the numbers back to each other. I noticed that he forgot, like, one number or something like that. Then the bank transfer was, was done and everything was okay. Generally, things, they work out in one way or the other. Of course, sometimes it works out, like, you know, in a way that you have to pay 120 euros for a bag. Like, I had once and you just have to swallow it and be like, okay, at least I'm traveling or something like that. And I think that I, that is really important for me. It's like this, this sensation of also, I think the, the thing that is the most important that I've learned is coming back to, for me, the sensation of alignment or gratitude. Like that's how I see it. It's the fact that y you are not being inflicted upon Like no one chose this life and put it on you. You are choosing this life every day. So if your problem, the problem that you are having is that you have to pay for an extra luggage, it's because you are traveling, you get to travel somewhere, you know, and then make sure to, I don't know, make this money somewhere else or budget for, I don't know, like if it's needed, you know, but I think that when you put things into perspective like you said and you realize that you are making these choices you are creating this life maybe it's a life that you even dream of you know that idea of the life that you have now is something that once you could you could only dream of i remember when i was 23 years old and the life that i'm living now is a life that i could only dream of in my parents place in my room wanting to have a place for myself wanting to live in europe in paris by myself, you know, and having a podcast, creating content, all of the things that I'm doing now, it's something that I only could dream of one. So if I'm having a problem with it, then it's a good problem. Of course, it's still a challenge. And of course, I'm not being like, you know, pretending that everything's pink. And I don't know, that's the same that we're having for like pretending that, you know, like, I don't know, unicorn goggles, pretending that everything is fine when it's really not. Is that the same? The, the rose colored glasses is what we would say. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's not like in a stupid way, but it's more in like a positive mindset of, wow, look at everything that I created. I can be grateful for this. And even if it all goes away tomorrow, it's still here today. So, you know, I have to just enjoy it the most that I can. Not again, not in a stupid way, but in a way that makes sense for you. So, yeah, for me, I think that would be one of the biggest mindset shifts that I had throughout this past like two years and a half or something. Yeah, I love that. I love that we both and I'm sure a lot of nomads, too, have kind of all individually come to a realization along the same lines because we all worked freaking hard to have this lifestyle become a reality for us and you know it's not easy it's not easy to sustain sometimes either but we all worked for it in the continuation of our learnings and lessons because i'm going by categories in your life <laughs> areas in our lives so i know that you recently released an episode with your boyfriend with your partner the one that you constantly travel with but what is some or like what is the main thing that you learned about relationships as a nomad in the past six years so we have been together for like two and a half years now we have been traveling for like two years together 
because when we were in China, we weren't traveling. Yeah, it's very different traveling alone versus traveling with somebody. And it's not like you go on holiday with somebody for a week or a month. You are living this lifestyle with them together. So, of course, it's amazing. And, you know, there's so many pros, but there are a few cons, which I'll dive into. And those are kind of some things that I have learned. Not cons, actually, but I don't know what the right word is. It's just kind of like learning lessons. And it depends, of course, your personalities and different things. But kind of one thing that's super fun is, of course, we get to experience all of these things together and in different countries and tours and experiences and even just like travel days. We were in bed the other day and we do this sometimes and we were like, oh, do you remember that one time? And sometimes we'll do this over like a glass of wine or something too. We're like, do you remember that one time in like Romania when we were blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, yeah. And then he'll be like, do you remember when we blah, blah, blah. And it's like, we just kind of go back and forth for like an hour being like, do you remember this? Oh, and then this happened. And then this dog and then this. And it's like all of these really random funny things that just are a continuation of what happened. And it's funny to think like now we're living in the moment that in the future we're going to be like, oh, do you remember when this happened? So I think that's really nice. So, but there are some things that I've had to learn and I think it's normal, you know, traveling with anybody long-term And especially sometimes being in spaces, you know, we've had great places where we have like a three bedroom and that's awesome. And so we both kind of have our own separate places to work and to take calls because we both do work online and have to be quiet with like when one person's on a call or we're recording like this. And then other times, like the place we're in now, we kind of booked a little bit more last minute. There's less choices. And so we kind of just have to learn to make that work and I would say it's really all about the communication because it's like, okay, I have this at this time. He has this at this time. And if you don't have that communication, then it can get not great very easy because it's like, oh, I scheduled this at this time, but you have this. And so I would say just having communication about the work schedule and the work side of things if you're not going to go to a co-working, but then also about the travel you know, it's, it's so, so I feel like for me, I'm pretty easy about where we go because we've been to so many places. I'm like, yeah, if you want to go to Brazil next or Chile next, like, I don't, I don't really care, you know, <laughs> like we'll go somewhere with a where, unless it's something I've been dying to go to. The where is not super huge for me. So I feel like having some things that are important to you that you'll fight for, but having other things where it's just like, I like, it, it's not a big deal for me. And it has to be a balance of both of those things. Mm, I love it. Yeah, because although like communication and things like that, they are important for normal relationships. I think that when you are living with someone and you're traveling with someone and then you work online and then they work online and then, you know, you're working in the same space, it can get too much really and too intensely really easily. And yeah, I've experienced that and I know how, you know, what are their circumstances that that can create. So I think that you having your boundaries and things like that it's super important and also being able to say compromise you know and say like okay this for me doesn't i don't really care then the other person really cares and then they get to have their space for that so i think that that's really really essential now my last question for you and i think that that could be one that we can expand a little bit more on is in regards to since we went to a lot of different areas we now are going to the area of career and money because i know that this is one that you really love talking about so i left it for our last topic so we can really have some more space and i would love to know how did your perspective on career business and finances change in your six years of being a digital nomad? Okay, let's start with career. It's been six years that I left Canada, expat, nomad. And while there are, I kind of put it two categories of living a nomad lifestyle and making money, you can, you know, and you can dive much deeper into both of these branches, but it's kind of whether you work remotely for a company online or you freelance or have a business of your own. And both of those, there's a lot of nuances but I chose to build something of my own that I was passionate in and build that out rather than work for somebody else. But when I started this journey six years ago, I, of course, moved to China to work for a company. And I I had to if I wanted to go to China because otherwise I wouldn't get a visa to live there. I very much so had the mentality that I think a lot of people do unless you are by default very entrepreneurial 
and you have been influenced by that in some way in your younger life or your parents are or whatever that may look like. I think for the most part, Western culture and many other cultures as well want to create employees. My partner and I were just talking about this the other day, you know, the education system, everything is really designed to create employees, not people who freely think for themselves, which I think is like a very interesting whole other topic. But I had that mindset because that is the the culture and the family and just kind of everything that I lived in, which is very normal. And so moving to China, I still was working for somebody else. I had never thought I knew I wanted a different lifestyle in the sense of lifestyle, not in the sense of career as well. Then, of course, COVID happened. And then I really took a look at my life and I was like, am I really doing what I want? No, I don't want to be in this job for the rest of my life. So I think in terms of career, there's no one right or wrong. I know a lot of people who are still in Canada, who are friends of mine from a long time ago, and they're living a corporate life and going into the office or, you know, hybrid working. And that's what they want to do and they enjoy it. And so I say, you know, as long as you are doing what you really enjoy and you are making the decision, you're not just going with the flow. If you're making a decision to not live a lifestyle where traveling is more prevalent, it doesn't have to be a nomadic lifestyle, but just a lifestyle where traveling is more prevalent for you. And if you are happy with the mortgage and the kids and the dog and the car payment, then that's awesome as long as you've chosen that. So for me, when it comes to career, I always say choose because I I think, and it sounds so simple, but I think in most societies, you most people don't really think critically to choose. And I didn't either until three, three and a half, whatever it is now, years ago. Yeah. So that that's kind of something I've learned about careers, kind of very overarching general. And of course, we can go into the fine details of freelancing and having a business and all of those things. But I think to just keep it pretty general, I, that's something I'm really, really passionate about is just choosing, like making a choice instead of going with the flow because when you go with the flow a lot of the times you're people pleasing other people and what they're projecting your life to look like because that's how their life looked like um a good example is when I was like oh I'm moving to China a lot of people said to me oh you will be back in one year and like woo go have fun in China for one year and then you'll be back and you'll be in the big city and you'll be working a corporate job and then you'll continue with the rest of your life. And I just remember being like, okay, that literally is the worst case scenario for me. Like I will do basically everything I can to not make that my reality, which thankfully it wasn't, but that's because I knew going into it that it wasn't just like a one year fun thing for me, which it is for many people. And that's fine if that's what they want. Okay. So moving on to finance, because I could go on that topic for a long time. Um, Finance. Okay. So there, I kind of break finance again, into two different categories. And I think most people don't because most people, you know, finance and being a nomad. But for me, I can break it down into being a nomad, but also being, and this may or may not be the right verbiage. I don't really know. I just kind of break it down into more global citizen because being nomad, and I'll explain what my definition is. Again, I don't know if it's the, the best definition of global citizen is. They look very, very different. So for me, when I started this journey, when I was living in China and then I was traveling Asia, that was very much so nomad finance for me because I would be using, I had all of my bank accounts in Canada. I had, of course, a bank account in China. That's where I'm getting paid. All of my finances were in Canada. I had the credit card in Canada. You know, everything was kind of based in my home country. I was still paying taxes there, kind of all the things that go along with finance. And then I would a lot of the time send some of my Chinese money to Canada. I think a lot of nomads do this because you are still very much so attached to your home country. Again, there's no problem with this. It's just how you want to live your nomad lifestyle. But for me, where I kind of differentiate that and where it gets a lot more confusing (laughs) is when you kind of become that global citizen. Again, don't know if that's the right word, but when you become that global citizen, And then your finances look a lot different because for me, I was like, I never plan on being in Canada. It's not a country that I want to pay taxes to. I don't reap any of the benefits. For me, the biggest benefit is the free healthcare, although free in terms of cost, not free in terms of time. So for me, if you value time over money, which a lot of people do, not free. But, you know, in theory, it's universally free healthcare to all Canadian residents. And so 
when I decided to leave that system, I had to give that up. I had to give up a lot of things and I had to establish my finances in other countries around the world. And I think this is smart for my lifestyle and for a lot of nomads lifestyle, global citizen lifestyles as well, because you don't want one country, one government to have claims to everything you own. I personally don't because that's not I don't trust any government, especially the Canadian government. So I really had to diversify and I have bank accounts in, I don't know, like five or six countries now. It's increasingly more difficult to get bank accounts in countries, which is unfortunate. I try every country we go to, but I don't usually expect to be able to open bank accounts and hopefully a credit card soon for my business. You know, I have my business in a different country. I obviously have my residency and my tax residency in a different country and really just being able to diversify. And so for me, being the nomad and having, you know, a credit card and a bank account in your home country and just kind of using that or having the wise card, credit card, whatever that may look like, you know, a perfect example. Americans, it's a lot more difficult for them to kind of become that global citizen. They have to give up a lot more. But a lot of Americans I know will use their Chase card or their Amex the, you know, the Chase like Sapphire, the Amex cards. I don't know all the cards because I can't get them. Um, but I have had other people on the podcast talking about credit card hacking and travel hacking. So it's really interesting, mainly applicable to Americans for the most part. Um, and so they will just continue to use those cards. But for me, I had to really figure out what a more holistic global picture looked like, which is where things get a lot more difficult. Like I said, especially with government's restrictions on opening bank accounts for most tourists these days. Um, But yeah, that's kind of how I break it down. And so I had to figure out what worked best for me and for my business services I offer, who I work with, what country they're in, like all of those things. There's a million moving pieces to that, which is a whole nother conversation. But I had to learn a lot about finances. And the first question I had to ask myself was, how do I want to structure it? Do I want everything flowing through Canada? Which I know a lot of people who do and who are business owners and who want that, and that's totally fine. But for me, I did not because I do not have that trust. So much information. I think that a recurring theme in the majority of your answers was really how do I want to do X? How do I want to do my career? How do I want to, you know, receive my money or make my money? Or where do I want to have my money? How do I want to be in a relationship? How do I want to live? I think that that is a recurring theme that we talked about in all of those areas and lessons that you had. And I think that ultimately, because this is a lifestyle that is not common, quote unquote, or like not the normality, uh, of course, it's becoming more normal, but it's not like you grow, like you, you know, you you're born and then someone is like, ah, look at this baby nomad. Like it's, you know, normally, <laughs> normally not like that. I think that the fact that you go on to choose this lifestyle, I think it also opens up the doors for you to open, to choose other all of the aspects of this lifestyle. And I think that that is super inspiring. And I hope that all of your lessons and everything that you just shared on here will inspire other people to do the same. You know, it's not about what you're doing with your money and with your career. It's not that it's right or wrong, or it's like the way that every nomad should be doing. It's about you looking at all of your options, studying those options, studying what's happening to your money and everything else, and then deciding for yourself what makes sense in the now. And something that I think it's also really important when you were talking about career, and it is something that I've done myself, is it's a choice that you make every single day. And At some point, the choice that you made one year ago won't make sense anymore on this date, you know, because I have made the choice to become a freelance of, for example, copywriting. And then after some months, I was like, I don't want to copyright anymore. So I pivoted towards something else, you know, and right now I'm also pivoting to something else because at some point I'm outgrowing whatever I'm doing. So it is a choice that you kind of keep making and it's a choice that... 
willing or not, it depends on how you are in this present moment. So I think that it's so important to really focus on yourself and on on your needs and wants and desires that keep changing and evolving the more and more you grow. So and I love that about you. And I love that about this lifestyle that allows you to kind of gives you space to change and to mold into whatever different version of yourself and your life that you want to create today. I completely agree with that. And it's really interesting. I just want to note because sometimes, uh, you know, I, I post content a lot and I feel like a lot of the hate that I get and like the negative comments usually come on YouTube. So I feel like in, in what you just said, like I totally agree and everything is accurate, but it was interesting how you said a lot of the common themes are I want this. I want to do this. I want my life to look like this. And I know, I don't think, you know, I don't think that people are this invested who are haters and who have given me negative comments to listen 47 minutes into this podcast. I do think it's important to note that I think quite a few people would listen and be like, oh my gosh, that's so selfish because I know I've had those comments before, whether it's in person and likely over the screen being like, that's so selfish. You're living a life only for you. And I understand that it is, and it's interesting because talking to my partner who's from a Latin American culture, I can see that Western culture is very much more so individualistic mindset of even, you know, the food is a great example. When you order a food, you order a burger and fries for you. It's not sharing plates. And that spills over into every aspect. And I can see those differences between our mindsets. And so I can see, you know, his family will be like, oh, you know, you have to do this and this for the family and you have to be here and then have the kids and the family. And for me, my mindset is very different because I wasn't brought up in that culture. And so I know that some people, maybe not listening this far in, but will say, that's so selfish. Like, how could you do that? You have obligations. And I think especially when you want to bring in the topic of being female and saying, you know, you are you know, like your late 20s and you should be having a family and kids and it's so selfish. And so for me, I don't really ever think too deeply into those comments because my response is always like, yeah, it is. And there's no problem with me being selfish. And I do think that, you know, living this lifestyle is a little bit selfish, but at the same time, like I know that and I'm okay with that. And I want to build a lifestyle that I enjoy and that works for me. And that, that really does work for me, you know, like even when it comes down to my tax optimization, like that works for me. A lot of people, you you know, in the comments will say it's so selfish, like you were in this great government, the Canadian government and free healthcare. It's so selfish to leave and not want that. And I am grateful. I was just telling my partner the other day, I am grateful to Canada. I really think for two things. And that is the mindset that I have and being able to speak English fluently. And I think as long as you have those two things, you can succeed as a nomad anywhere. And actually the English, um, I believe if you speak any dominant language today in the world, so that could be Chinese, that could be Spanish, you know, there will always be work available in those languages. doesn't necessarily have to be English, but you also have to have the mindset. And that is kind of the first piece of the puzzle. And so yes, I am grateful that Canada gave me those two things and I am going to live whatever lifestyle I want. And that means choosing to leave a country that a lot of people are hoping to become citizens of or residents and that's the dream for them. And that's great, but our dreams look very different and maybe mine is more selfish than yours. And I have no problem admitting that and saying that. I don't understand how you living a life that you're unhappy with is not selfish like i like i don't understand why someone would even comment that expecting you to put yourself in a box and being unhappy and how that would benefit them like even how that would benefit the canadian government like i'm sorry for me that's like completely bs i completely disagree with that i think that in the bottom line, and I'm saying that as a very spiritual person, I believe that every human being is and should be selfish in their own alignment and their own happiness. Because the moment that I am truly, and I'm not, I'm not saying that because there are so many people who distort what I'm saying to make it 
make it be okay for people to do whatever the F they want. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you're being really honest with your heart and you're following your intuition and you're following your authenticity and you're making a decision from this place of like true and this place of heart space decision, there's no way that you're making a wrong impact in the world. And if you are reading this as selfish, it's because you have to look into your own self and understand why the F do I find someone who's following their dreams and following their happiness and what really lights them up? Why do I find this? Why do I read this as selfish? I think that is the problem here, not the problem of you being selfish or not. I think that every human being is inherently at least a little bit selfish. Even like there's even that episode of Friends where Phoebe is like, no, sorry, Joey is saying that there's no selfless um, act of like positive act or something like that. So even uh, Phoebe says like, ah, I just donated this amount of money to the charity. And he's like, and how are you feeling? And she's like, I'm really feeling happy. And he's like, see, like you get something from it. And then in the end, she allows uh, a bee to, to sting her. But then the bee dies and Joe is like, see, you didn't do anything good. Like the bee died, you know? Anyways, it's like just a little funny, you know, metaphor of friends. But I think it ultimately, what what would I gain from putting myself in a life that makes me unhappy? And how would, so, what, what would society gain from me being unhappy? Like I prefer a bunch of selfish, happy humans, but like selfish in an aligned way. Like you are not doing anything that you are, you're not making a negative impact in the world by leaving Canada. Like it's your, decision like i don't know i don't know like okay if the government is receiving less money okay i don't get it you know so i don't know i would just um inspire people to reflect about that if you are following your truth and you are following and creating the life that brings you joy like in this really authentic you know soulful place you're not being like this dictatorship person who wants to control the world like that's not what i'm talking about because that's ego it's not making your soul happy you know i'm talking about really making you happy just go for it you know it's gonna impact people in a way more positive way than if you stay small and unhappy somewhere not living a life that you're fulfilled by yeah i mean like my response to that is yeah, I, I guess if you consider it selfish, then that's what I am and I'll do it proudly and you can follow along or not. <laughs> it doesn't really bother me. <laughs> well, Cami, thank you for asking really great questions. And they really made me to think a little bit and reflect on this journey that I have been on and will hopefully continue to be on. So thank you. I really appreciate that. And this has been our digital Nomad Digest segment. Every Friday, Cami and I release a new episode talking all things travel, money, making money online, digital nomad, how to become it, like so many topics and questions from two very unique standpoints as digital nomads. So thank you for following along on the journey and we will see you in next Friday's episode. You've just listened to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. If anything from this episode stuck out to you, I would appreciate if you take a screenshot and share this episode on your socials. Of course, be sure to tag me. Don't forget to leave a review for the podcast that seriously helps out the show and helps it out with discoverability. I would really appreciate you leaving a review, sharing on your socials if this episode truly stuck out to you, and I will see you in next week's episode.